We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? edition of the Butting Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. Johnny, training camp has started. Uh, it's a special week, late in the week, Friday edition of Butting Heads. NBA draft is going on right now. Uh, Lakers are making moves, but more importantly, football's back. Our our beloved LA Rams have reported to camp. How you, how you feeling, man? It's, it, we're almost there. I'm, I'm on all kinds of emotions right now. I, I mean, the Lakers just made a blockbuster trade and then the Dodgers made several trades one being a blockbuster and then we finally get some football back it's a good day for LA really is man (laughs) it really is and uh yeah I Matthew Stafford's here everybody's here so yeah I mean we we got we got some camp news to talk about obviously um everybody loves the (laughs) Who, which player is going to get overhyped during camp? Um, to me, it feels like the odds-on favorite overall at camp is going to be Jacob Harris. <laughs> but right now, um, we got some news out of camp. So, I mean, start with this. It's seen, uh, by all reports today, the um, – well, I've said I'm a lot, and I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> by all reports, Trout Burgess was the early standout at camp today. He picked off John Wolford. Uh, defended the Deshaun Jackson deep ball, which, as we know, is not easy to do. Do you, do you make anything of any of, of that buzz? I mean, it's obviously good to know he's a guy who I would expect to play a role this year, but to me, like, I'm not going to really make anything out of him having one good day at camp. Uh, we'll see what happens in a couple weeks, but I'm excited for him to be in the rotations here, be back from that injury. Well, uh, technically two days of camp, but, uh, you know, Terrell, yeah, (laughs) but, uh, I, I think the more important note of this is, yeah, you can have a, uh, a good day in camp and that's great, but the important note is that he's healthy and he's, and he's doing very well. You know, that's, that's the important thing to take out of this camp is camp. And you can have camp warriors, and that's great. Uh, I, I think it'll be more important what we see out of week one. But uh, the fact that the guy is out here playing healthy after sustaining a season-ending injury last year, that's my the thing I'm focusing on more than anything. And uh, I, I have to say that it's very promising news to getting uh, you know praise from pretty much everyone. So uh, good. Good stuff on Terrell Burgess. Uh, that that's great news, especially since we're without uh, John Johnson. So yeah, I'll take gonna, it. I mean, you think there's any, you think there's any chance he is a starting safety or more of the the rotating guy, nickelback type dude? That's kind of the the big question with Terrell Burgess because 
on one hand, you could theoretically start him next to Jordan Fuller, and that wouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, but on the other hand, we don't know exactly what we have in David Long either. So he may be needed at at the safety. I mean, t- or I mean at the uh, nickel nickel corner. As terms of other safeties, you you at least have t- Taylor Rapp there. So it, it's in- interesting. It's a good problem to have, you know, to see where exactly you're going to put this guy. Just know that Burgess is likely going to be out in the field more often than not uh, when, you know, the, the season begins. Yeah, and I, I would expect him to be, like you said, the, the nickel guy, um, the rotating safety. But... I expected Taylor Rapp to start last season, too, so you never know what could happen. Um, speaking of the guy who replaced Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller, I, I think the biggest news that's come out of camp so far is we talked about a bit earlier on in the offseason who would take over the Rams' defensive signal-calling role. Typically, it used to be linebackers. Corey Littleton did it. Al Gogletree did it. But not, um, this, recently, it's been safeties for the Rams. Eric Weddle did it in 2019. John Johnson did it last year, 2020. Both those guys are not here. So first day camp, it, Jordan Fuller came out with what we call the green dot, which is the play caller, the guy listening to the coach. He's got the coach in his, his earbuds. Now, to caveat this, this is the full quote from Sean McVay. When he was asked about this, he said, it's an experimental thing right now. There's a couple guys that are candidates for it. You do know that Jordan is more than likely, if he can use just get better and do what he's done since he's gotten here, he's probably going to be a guy that's going to be on the field all three downs. That's something that John Johnson did a great job. Even going back a couple of years, Eric Weddle did a great job having the green dot. Agree to disagree, Sean. So we've had some experience with that safety position. We always want to really get a good gauge, but also just his big picture understanding and his versatility. He's one of those guys in addition to some of the linebackers. So, I mean, the most interesting thing he says there, I think, that is you expect Jordan to be out there for three downs. And I think that's probably the number one reason why I would say he's more than likely going to end up with the green dot on day one of the season, uh, even if Sean's saying it's an experimental thing right now. But it's just because the linebackers, like th- there's no linebacker on the team that you can point to right now and be like, that's a three-down guy. And I think that's a big factor in it. Jordan Fuller, he's a three-down guy. He's going to be out there every down, more than likely, probably playing close to 100% of the snaps on defense every game he's healthy. Uh, and with the linebackers, like, you can't say that about any of those guys. So it, this is uh, interesting to see. I think I think he's a guy that deserves it after last year. Seems to be a really smart football player. I I expect him, if he's coming out with camp as a play caller, um, I expect him to be the play caller week one. What about Leonard Floyd? <laughs> he's, he's barely a linebacker. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you, Steve. Uh, I I'd find it really hard to believe that there's really anybody else that could challenge Jordan Fuller at this point. Uh, I I suppose they could maybe experiment by giving it to Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know about that. (laughs) That, yeah, he, I guess he's really the only other guy in the defense that you would say is going to be out there a hundred percent of the time. You know, Aaron Donald doesn't play every snap, but I doubt. I doubt they would. They would go that route. I highly doubt it. Yes, same. Uh, it's it's an interesting thought, but uh, you know, I, I'm happy that Jordan Fuller is getting uh, the respect already, and just being a second year guy, and uh, just shows a lot about his character and a lot about his uh, demeanor for you know being out there, being so young, and already calling plays. That's that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, good for him, man. He he deserves it. He's somebody called him the second best 199th pick of all time, which I thought was funny. <laughs> so it'd be interesting how that plays out. I mean, do you have any any other camp news and notes you thought was interesting to to touch on? Uh, there's a couple notes. Uh, one of one of which uh, I thought was really interesting was that we all know that the that the Rams have like a really stacked at wide receiver. And even though Tutu Atwell isn't out there right now because of uh, COVID, being on the COVID list, it's interesting because one name that's being mentioned quite often is Tristan Jackson. And 
we don't know if this guy's even going to make the roster or not, but he made the roster last year. Didn't, you know, get to play much, but that's, that's interesting because uh, last year, one of the reasons why he made the roster was because he was a training camp warrior and it seems like he's continuing again. And Hey, I'm all for this guy making this roster. If he continues to make an, name for himself why not you know and I know he's going to be competing with the likes of like Ben Skoranek and a few other guys uh, but you know that's kind of like a interesting little nugget there I I don't know if that's anything to get excited about but you know good for Tristan Jackson he could definitely make the team I mean you have five receivers who are locks to make the team but when one of them is Deshaun Jackson, who has been arguably the most injured receiver in football over the last five years. Cooper Cup has dealt with injuries before. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, they'll probably keep six receivers. And I, I said it from the beginning. I don't think Brent Ben Skronek is a lock to make the team. They like Tristan Jackson. They're going to keep him around. I, I, think, I think that's certainly true. And if, if they don't, they'll either want to keep him on the practice squad or, or somebody else will sign with their active roster. But yeah, I could, I could totally see him making the team. It, Interesting. I've seen a lot of nice clips of Deshaun Jackson running deep really fast too, which I've enjoyed a lot. Oh, absolutely. It, it, one of the uh, the first day of training camp, Matt Stafford connected with uh, with Deshaun Jackson, and apparently it was it wasn't even close. Like, you know, he just burned everybody, and that's exactly what you're kind of wanting to see you during the regular season. And hopefully, we we see that a lot. Just see Jackson just leaving. Uh, defenders in the in the dust and that's that's what I'm hoping for man (laughs) for as old as he is he could still he could still burn defenders like nobody else can yeah yeah man when when he's out there I have all the faith in the world that he he could score an 80-yard touchdown at any given moment I I I really do believe in him that much when he's healthy he's just hasn't been healthy Uh, he really just hasn't been able to stay on the field unfortunately yeah, but uh, the only other thing I, I want to point out is that uh, Austin Corbett has apparently done, you know, real well at center. I mean, I don't really know why Sean McVay said earlier that it, it's still an open competition at center because let's be real, Brian Allen and or Coleman Shelton is not going to beat out Austin Corbett. But <laughs> no, I, su- I I suppose stranger things have happened. It could be. If if there's anything there, it could be that Sean McVay isn't confident um, in Austin Corbett moving to uh, center and likes him better as a guard. But I'd be scared if, if either one of those guys are starting center. Yeah, you know, going it, into week one, it's going to be Corbett. They're not they're not rolling any of those guys out. I mean, if if the fa- like. I feel like the fact that they never address the center position means that they were comfortable with Corbett. I take that. If you listen to the pod all year, I definitely did not agree with it at the time. I still don't agree with it because we knew Corbett could play guard really well. So I, I wish they just brought in a center or drafted Creed Humphrey or, uh, you know, they had options. Keep Austin Blythe, but they didn't. Here we are. Um, I, 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 I think he's going to, Seems like if, if all's trending well, maybe he will do well. You know, maybe it really was just the Cleveland situation that bit him. I, I think he could handle it. He's a good player. He's really developed here. We'll see what happens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Shall we get to the schedule preview, round three? Let's do this. Let's do it. We're almost there. So, if you didn't listen to the last two podcasts, we did the first eight games, and correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, I had them 7-1, and one, and you had them 8-0? and oh? That is correct. <laughs> we are such homers. But the after a very e- like, after the Giants, Lions, and Texans back-to-back-to-back, the schedule does get a bit choppier here. Week 9, primetime under the lights at SoFi. We get the Tennessee Titans coming to town. Now, it is worth noting that before this game, they play the Bills, Chiefs, and Colts, and then us, which is just an absolute fucking gauntlet. Uh, that team, This team is going to get tested very hard. But you know, the big move for them, obviously, this offseason, they, they lose Corey Davis, and they bring in quite a big-bodied receiver to replace him, Josh Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and then after they did that, they traded for Julio Jones, that guy from Atlanta. You might know him. So it's this is a team last year. They went 11 and five. They lost to the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs. Nothing to be embarrassed about with any of that. The story of this team last year was they were a a fucking monster on offense. They finished third in yards, fourth in points. Their passing yardage total was middle of the pack, lower a little lower than average, but. That's because Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards. And you add Julio fucking Jones to a team that has A.J. Brown running routes. They got Derrick Henry running the football. There's not a ton to like in the rest of the passing game besides Julio Jones, but I don't think there needs to be. Like, Josh Reynolds is fine as your third receiver. I doubt he gets the ball that much. But, like, you know, if the other guys are really getting blanketed, he could do some things. And man, like they were really good offense last year. Do that, like, do they have the potential to be the best offense in the NFL? I know we've disagreed with Tannehill a bit, and I mean, to me, you're competing with Green Bay. We're about to talk about you're competing with Kansas City. I think those are the two most elite offenses in the league right now. Can Tennessee get to that top of the mountain? I mean, they certainly have three of the most dominant. I don't know if they're AJ Brown is one of the most dominant receivers in football, but the most dominant running back in the NFL, one of the most dominant receivers of the last decade, who's still very, very, very good, and one of the top young receivers in the NFL, AJ Brown, who's been a home run hitter, and they have Ryan Tannehill, who's good, right? I mean, he's at least good. Yeah. So the. I mean, to be honest, the Tennessee Titans, I feel like, are one of the best overall teams in the NFL. They're very well balanced. Uh, There's a few areas that they may not be strong at, but I feel like that's any team. Uh, But offensively, I'd have to agree with you, man. I I think this is probably the best offense in the NFL. And I, I think the Green Bay comes close, but I just, I think that, um, in terms of balance, this is this is a very stacked offense. I, I'm still not a huge fan of Tannehill, to be honest. I think he certainly surprised me from where he was, where his beginning started. Of course, he didn't have a lot to, to handle in his beginning. But um, <laughs> can't blame him for Miami, man. No, no, you really can't, and uh, still issues there. But regardless. Uh, I still say that I don't consider him one of the uh, elite quarterbacks. He's certainly not on Aaron Rodgers' level, but he, hey, he's still he's still a talented quarterback. Has some of the best weapons you could ever ask for. So, and then adding Julio Jones to the mix, it's like, well, damn, who is Jalen Ramsey gonna cover? And uh, Darius Williams got to really step up this game. It's not going to be an easy game whatsoever, offensive uh, from a defensive standpoint. No, no, it's not. And uh, I think this game could could be reminiscent of the 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 Chiefs Rams game a couple years ago. Just a, just an absolute shootout. Even though the Rams defense is very good, you said they are a well balanced team, but I mean they had a really bad defense last year. Their offense is very well balanced, obviously. And Tannehill, you know, he's not. Not elite by by any means, but he's kind of in the, like Kirk. I think he's in like that same tier with like Kirk Cousins, that type of guy. I think he's a little better than Cousins, but like a guy that like 
you can't like you put Tannehill like you can put Russell Wilson in a not good offense and he's going to make that offense good. You can't put Tannehill in a not good offense, but if and, and like that offense wouldn't be good. But if you put him in a great offense, it can remain great, and that's not true for every quarterback in the league. Like I don't like, like clearly, clearly we fucking dealt for, with that for the last two years. Um, so I, I I like him, but I think. The downfall of this team, if any, will be their defense. They gave a 27.4 points per game last year. They were bottom five in total yards allowed and passing yards allowed. They let Malcolm Butler and Kenny Vaccaro go. I guess there were the skateboats in the secondary. They they drafted Caleb Fairley in the first round. They bring in our guy, Johnny Janoris Jenkins, at cornerback. And uh, they also signed Bud Dupree, which is a huge addition. Ironically, though, like for a team that, you know, they were in a lot of shootouts last year. They went four and four in games where the defense gave up thirty points, which is not bad at all. They they lost twenty to thirteen in the playoffs to Baltimore, which is like funny given how the the team's identity all year. I I guess the biggest question with this team before we get the prediction is, and for me, like, will the defense be good enough that they can contend? And to me. I don't think the defense really needs to be that good to contend. They need to be average, and I think they can be average. I think they'll be lifted up and motivated by just how fucking good this offense is going to be and how insane there is, and that offense is going to control the clock. They ha- they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to throw the ball quite a bit. They ha- they just- they're hard to guard, even for a team that like us. Got two players running on overall man in our defense, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And I think we're still going to get fucking fits from this team. Um, I mean, do you think that this team could could compete for a Super Bowl this year? Because I feel like they might be able to. It would not surprise me at all. I, I truly believe that this team is good enough to reach the Super Bowl. It, it's it's a it's a real really good football team, um, and I think even defensively, I, I feel like they've improved enough. To where, while it may not be an elite defense, I think it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty decent defense. Um, maybe not so much in the secondary, but up front, I think they're good. Um, I, I love the addition of Bud Dupree. I think that was amazing. And uh, in this, in at the end of it all, I as much as I, I'd love to say that the Rams are going to win this game. I'm going to give them an L here. I'm going to give them their first L here, and I think that the Titans end up winning 27-24. Uh, to 24. Yeah, I, I think they, they take an L here as well, though I got them 42-38. I think this game is going to be a barn burner. Uh, it's a really good offense. Derrick Henry is going to give us fucking fits. And that That's basically why I give them the win here. Is yeah. I, I think Derrick Henry is just going to – Stomp a mud hole through the middle of our defense. Yeah, and I mean, I like our cornerbacks. I I don't. Every team is going to have a really really hard time guarding both of these guys. Like it's it's a tough matchup. I mean, who do you put Ramsey on? Like it's got to be who. Like they they had fucking Julio Jones. Like it's got to be Julio Jones. And AJ Brown is just getting you know Darius Williams, who's obviously good. Very good, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they win that game, though, but you you got to chalk up losses somewhere here in our schedule preview. Week 10, Monday Night Football, up in the Bay in San Francisco. We got the San Francisco 49ers. We've talked about over the summer, but we'll talk about it again a little bit. They went 6-10 and 10 last year, hitting the Super Bowl hangover hard, although um, this was a real nasty hangover, like the one where you couldn't even get out of bed. They had a league high 18 players hit the injured reserve last year. $80 million worth of players were on the injured reserve, including Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Richard Sherman, D4, George Kittle. A bunch of those guys are gone. A bunch of them are back. Um, but, like, this is even, – even with departures like, um, like Sherman, obviously – to me, still a really fucking good team with a really good coach, even though there's a question mark at quarterback, you know, a, but at the same time, seems like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. He was good enough to get them to a Super Bowl. We haven't seen the 
Jared Goff fall off from him yet. He he was injured a lot of last year. It's, it's kind of a lost season. Before we really get into like what we think about who's going to be playing quarterback in Week 10 for this team, you got to imagine this team's good, right? Like I, I, they will, if I, if I chalk up my teams in the playoffs, they'll probably be in it. They are, uh, some people in, in the Rams fandom like to clown Shanahan for whatever reason. I think he's a great coach, arguably the best coach in the division. Uh, I'm not arguing it, but somebody is. Let's put it this way. There isn't a bad team in the NFC West. Yeah, like, there's, sucks. It, there's no <laughs> bad team in the NFC West. When you think about who potentially might be the worst team, which I think we'd both agree would be the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like in just about any other NFC division that the Arizona Cardinals may very well be the winner of that division. I feel like that they're that good. Uh, well, maybe not the NFC North, but you get my point. Or the NFC South. They're not better than Tampa. I guess. I <laughs> they guess. can win the NFCs. I do agree. I definitely agree with that. I, I feel like anybody can win the <laughs> NFCs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I feel like the NFC West is the best division of football. I don't think there's any argument there. Agreed. And with the San Francisco 49ers, if they stay healthy, this is a hell of a football team. And they're getting some some excellent players back. I mean, just Bosa and Kittle alone, those two are going to help improve the team overall. And that's just two players. You know, there's so many more players that are coming back and they're getting healthy. If they stay healthy, this is, this is a team to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, and to... As as much as we bemoan Jimmy Garoppolo, he's also going to make the team much better compared to what they were trotting out without him. You know, like, he's not great, but he's a lot better than the quarterbacks they were playing last year. I liked Mullins. He's a lot better than Mullins, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll talk about them again so we can dive a little deeper into their team. But, I mean, the big question, like, for me with this game particularly – and I guess their whole season, like, they, they spent a high draft pick on Trey Lance, a quarterback. Now, this is a team that, you know, we're sitting here, like, we're literally sitting here saying we don't like their quarterback, but we still think they're going to be really good. So, like, when you have, like, when that is how teams, like, you're looking at this team, of course they should have fucking drafted a quarterback, right? Um, and even if they're not going to play him, because I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a Probably a top 30 quarterback. I've said this about uh, like other guys in this podcast. Probably a top 30. Definitely not a top 20. Um, but still one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world right now. You don't win a Super Bowl really with a bottom 20 quarterback. And, I, and that's probably around what the 49ers are dealing with. I'd have to really sift through the rankings. But still, I think they had the luxury of being able to take Trey Lance. And I actually, I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is starter in Week Ten, barring like really poor play or really incredible play by Trey Lance in the preseason. But I, I think they probably give him the full year to develop, unless they really see something like nuts in camp. And then, if you see that, maybe you go with him. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think I still stand by that. I, I think the Forty ers made a mistake in getting Trey Lance, uh, but. One of the biggest knocks on on Trey Lance is he he's, he has like the tools to becoming uh, a potential NFL star, but he doesn't have a lot of experience, and that's on a very you know <laughs> that's on a a small school like North Dakota. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I. I mean, at least in the case of, like, Carson Wentz, who people are going to associate him with, <laughs> you know, at least he had, you know, all four years of, of experience. And Trey Lance is, is really not, not a whole lot of experience in the grand scheme of things. So my, my question is, is he going to be ready for the NFL? 
uh, especially because this is a whole nother level that you, you, I mean, he, he didn't see nearly the talent that other, you know, quarterbacks, other top quarterbacks in the draft had seen. And now you have to go in um, to the elite level of the NFL. And I just, I don't think he's going to be ready for that. So I do think at some point he will uh, come in, but only if only if the 49ers just feel like Garoppolo is just not the answer and he's he's actually doing more harm than good. And if I, I mean, let's face it, they're gonna put they're gonna keep Lance on the bench until they feel like he's ready, and that's that's gonna be the biggest problem there. So. Garoppolo, he's going to be a fine quarterback to have until Lance is ready or until they feel he's ready. And, and like I said, the only way I see Lance actually getting a start before midseason is if Garoppolo just sucks that bad. And I, I don't think he's going to totally tank. No, I mean, he he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. And, I mean, you look at their schedule, like, they... They open the season with the Lions and the Eagles. So if he really is lighting it up in camp, he he could be out there week one. But then, like, you look at the like you look at their bye week um, and who they play after it. They come out with the Colts, Bears, Cardinals, and and us. So, like, he's I, – I can't imagine – that those are three – depending on how you feel the card, about the Cardinals, four really good defenses – you're not going to throw him to the Wolves in those games. If, if he doesn't start the season, I don't think you see him for a while. After this game, you get Jacksonville. Like, yeah, that'd be great for a start. And you get the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Titans, the Texans, and then us to close the year. So, I mean, if we were to see Trey Lance, truly, I think it would be after this game. I don't think it would be before it, unless he starts the season. I'm, I'm not sending my rookie quarterback to face Aaron Donald unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that man can destroy careers. I, I don't. I don't want him to be sicked on uh, on Trey Lance if, if I'm if I'm the 49ers. But yeah, I I, I think that uh, like I said, they're, they're going to stick with Garoppolo for now. Who do you got winning the game? Whew. So this is a really tough team. And uh, this one being in San Francisco, I'm sad to say that the Rams pick up their second loss in a row um, in Week 10. I, I have them losing 28-21. Um, yeah, I, I, just I got think, them losing too. I, I just think that the 49ers just have had the Rams' number for the past couple seasons. And, uh, you know, having a, a full healthy staff and everything – it, I still think that the Rams are going to play really well, and uh, it's it's going to be a, a tough a tough loss. But in the end, I think uh, the 49ers pull away with this one. Yeah, I got 24 to 18. So we'll see what happens. Um, we're going to take a quick break because we're going into bye week right now. The Rams, I have them going seven and three. Johnny has them going eight and two. Be very happy with I scenario. Also, Johnny, I just realized that I'm using the wrong microphone input. So when I come back from this break, I'm going to sound a whole lot better. Thank you guys for putting up with the shitty audio. I'm really sorry. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, if you love listening to Ramstock Radio and the Butting Heads podcast specifically, of course, the best podcast on the feed, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? I mean, we're just a couple of guys with microphones talking about the Rams. And you can start your own podcast if you want to. Best place to do that is Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, maybe even me, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for just $15 a month. This is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just to host your podcast, not without, not with all this extra stuff you're getting from Blue Wire Hustle. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, 
Make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. If you want to apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Back to butting heads. Okay, week 12. Uh, This is a familiar setting for us after last year. We head to Lambeau Field in late November to play the Green Bay Packers, the reigning number one seed, uh, the last team the Rams played football against. They defeated us in the playoffs last year. You know, it's... It wasn't the it was it was a valiant showing by the Rams in that game, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not really a game look like looking back on, and I mean, I could go back and listen to our post game pod, but I feel like even watching that game, it never really felt like we were gonna win, even though we were in the game the whole time. And going into the game, it also didn't feel like we were gonna win. So, as far as playoff exits go over the Sean McVay era, it was probably the least disappointing. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, it, I knew it was going to be a long shot for the Rams to win, especially with all the injuries adding up. And then Aaron Donald couldn't get out there on the field, which is by far our best player. So, it, it you know, right. Aaron Rodgers I, was pretty much toying with us, honestly. Yeah, I erased the Donald thing from my memory, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean... They beat us in a way that we all knew that teams can beat us by. And that was exposing the middle. And, yeah, I I mean, it wasn't even the offense that kind of blew the game for us. The offense did actually relatively well. It was uh, pretty much them exposing the, the middle of the defense. And they may try and do the same thing again in this game, too. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like the Packers are an interesting team to look at. Like they got Aaron Rodgers back. Um, that that's a new development that just happened. So I'm I'm kind of happy that we waited a little bit to record this podcast, honestly. And like that's kind of it. That's their whole story. This offseason. they lost their starting center, Corey Lins- Lindsley. He signed the most expensive center contract in the NFL. So that's that's a pretty notable loss. But um, besides that, like, they're just back. It's basically the same team. They lost Jamal Williams. Like, all right, A.J. Dillon's up. And this is always a a next up, man up mentality. They traded for Randall Cobb, basically to appease Aaron Rodgers, it seems like. But, I mean, despite this, I mean, they, to me, now that he's back, they feel like the favorites in the conference. They, I mean, you look at Rodgers last year, it was fucking unbelievable. Uh, he completed 70.7% of his passes for 4,300 yards, 48 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Like, that's just outrageous. And they led the league in points. They were top 10 in basically every major offensive category. Um, and unfortunately fell to a really motivated and clicking Tampa Bay team that went on to win the Super Bowl um, in a competitive game. So, I mean, they still feel like the, they feel like the favorites to me, even though not much changed, but not much had to change. They went 13 and three last year. They're really good. We saw it firsthand. I mean, like before getting predictions about this specific game, I don't know if I'm picking the Packers to come out of the NFC, but like, you know, right now, before I really, really think about it, they seem like the the favorite. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's hard to go against uh, Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. You know, uh, I, I feel like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is just, I mean, he's, he's a freak of nature. And, and it, it's funny because it seems like he, get, he only gets better with age. Uh, kind of like Tom Brady, somewhat. Actually, Tom Brady's just don't die. But yeah, you get what I mean. It's different. Like Tom Brady, like retooled, um, you know. But he's not playing the best football of his career. Now, granted, he's playing very fucking good football, and especially at his age. But 
He's not like, you know, he's not 07 Brady right now. And that's fine. Oh, no. He does not need to be. But Aaron Rodgers, like that, you, that might have been the best year of his career, period, last season. And he, and he did it with limited weapons. I mean, you, you could say what you want about Adams, but, um, you know, he, it, don't get me wrong. He's one of the better, best receivers in football no you could say a lot argue he's the best. yeah he's he's a yeah truth, but yeah you're right but look at the rest of that him, receiving core beyond him there was nobody i mean he made he, he made names out of these guys <laughs> robert Gunn. i mean i mean that's another thing too like <laughs> they um they released uh Ratings. I know I'm kind of talking about this prematurely, Steve. Uh, they released Madden ratings earlier um, in this week about the tight ends. And a lot of people complained, particularly Packers fans, that Tanyan wasn't on there. <laughs> you know, in like the top ten. And it's like, you do realize that it was Aaron Rodgers that made Tanyan, right? Like, there... <laughs> No, no disrespect to Tanyan because he he did, you know, he had a, a an amazing season too, but he's nowhere near a top ten tight end. There's just no way. Um, there are not a lot of good tight ends in the league, but I would agree with you. Um, and yeah, he's he got overblown by Aaron Rodgers because the no, not that like the the rest of the receivers are like all right. But like you could argue, Josh Reynolds would be their second best receiver. There's no doubt. Yeah, not I a, mean, not a good thing to argue. Um, who, and, who would be their second best receiver? Alan Lazard. Yeah, or Mar- Valdez Scantling, or maybe no, Randall no, Cobb. Lazard's better than him. <laughs> Randall Cobb's back. Uh, Randall Cobb's easily their second best yeah, receiver now, which is crazy. But uh, I mean, don't discount the running game though. Aaron Jones is really fucking good. Um, yes, and they had Jamal Williams last year. They got AJ Dillon. Really good team. I expect them to have a ridiculous regular season. That being said, I'm actually going to pick the Rams here. I think they're going to be motivated after the the end of the season last year, even though it was a game where they played all right. But Donald is going to want a piece of Aaron Rodgers after last year. And truthfully, this is the best team that Matthew Stafford will ever walk into Lambeau Field with. He's locked into Lambeau Field a lot of times and lost a lot of times. And I think he's going to be real fucking fired up. And I think he's going to have a, a really, really good game. Even though Goff played pretty good in Lambeau in the playoffs last year, for all things considered, I feel so much better going into a cold-weather game with Stafford than with uh, Goff. I take the Rams here 28-27. to I, I think they get a big win. You know, the, the funny thing is I, I tend to agree with you that um, with Matthew Stafford under helm, I feel like the offense is in better hands. And his familiarity with the Packers and particularly their defense, I think, will help the Rams a lot. But I feel like the biggest thing is that the Rams didn't correct the thing that kind of beat them in in the playoffs. And that was the middle of their defense. I I mean, they added Ernest Jones and... By by all means, I, I I hope that the guy plays better than Troy Reader and Kenny Young, which would be an immediate improvement, I guess. But I it's not like he's gonna be, you know, this superstar. I mean, I hope he is, but he's a rookie, and he he's not at that level. Let's be real. And I I just feel like that's what's gonna end up happening. Is it's gonna be the same. Uh, the same formula. They're going to do dink and dunk offense, which is odd coming from Aaron Rodgers. And then they're going to just run the ball up the middle. They have um, a bruiser and Aaron Jones and Dylan is not bad either. And he can freaking massive on his own. Yes, he so, is. Yes, he is. <laughs> so when that's all said and done, that's, I, I don't have a lot of confidence there. And I think that, the Packers will squeak away with the victory. I gave them uh, a win 30. Uh, I gave the Packers the win here, 31 to 30. It's going to be a heartbreaker, but uh, the Packers are going to end up with this victory. So three straight losses. Who the hell am I? Yeah, Johnny, you teased everybody. So what do you got? I'm at eight and three now. I got him eight and three as well. And it's funny, like, 
we kind of ran through that pretty quick because the 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 good like the the sure sure thing teams. Like, there's never that much to say about them. Well, how about we go in the opposite direction? Week 13, we host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they opened last season with a big victory and then proceeded to lose the next 15 games. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to the Rams and another team, uh, we helped the Jets propel themselves to two wins. And the Jags got the first pick. And they got Trevor Lawrence. You're the big draft guy. I mean, do you think this guy is everything they say he is? He's that and more. I, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I I feel like Trevor Lawrence was a was the big win here, and I, I really feel like the Jets really screwed themselves by by winning all those games, including the Rams. Uh, all my Jets friends, uh, I live in the East Coast. I know a lot of them. They're all fucking furious after that game. They were so mad. They were so mad after their too. first win of the year. I would be too. They lost out on probably the best quarterback in the draft. Now, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks in, in, in this year's draft. And I don't know, may, maybe some of these guys will pan out. Maybe some of them won't. Maybe all of them will. You never know. But I I think Trevor Lawrence is an amazing quarterback. And there's a reason why everyone knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. You know, he's that good. That yeah. being said, he's coming to the NFL where the big boys hit hard. So there's that. And he's coming to one of the most bizarre situations in the league. Um, Jacksonville is a known terrible franchise, but, hey, they kind of cleaned house, and they bring in Urban Meyer to resurrect the team. Urban Meyer is a college football coach for a long time, Ran it a really good one, but um, you know he's no spring chicken. Is is he in his sixties, right? Yeah, something like that. He's not. He's not young. So it's it's a really like fifty seven. So I not bad. I mean, he's no Sean McVay. No, but it's an inspired hire, and I'm like I'm very curious to see how it plays out. I don't really think it's gonna play out well, but at the same time. I, I'm with you. I think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, and maybe he could drown that out. Now, it's interesting because they didn't really give the roster that much of a facelift. You know, it's the one in fifteen team, and beyond Lawrence, now granted, that's a huge splash. There wasn't a ton. I mean, they drafted. They had a second first round pick thanks to us, and they drafted Travis Etienne from Clemson, so Lawrence's teammate. But that was like the one good position they had on the roster was running back and they drafted another one and they signed Carlos Hyde. So that was a real fucking head scratcher to me. I do not understand that move. Like I get you want to make Lawrence comfortable. I get you want to add some talent to the offense, but take a receiver. Uh, yeah. Rashad, Rashad Bateman was there. If I remember correctly, <laughs> did they go Etienne? I mean, sure. I think he's going to be good and it does add talent to their team. They also bring in Marvin Jones who we wanted like, that's not a bad signing, but um, a lot of question marks on the team. They didn't really do much to shore up their defense. They they signed Shaquille Griffin. That's a notable signing, but um, they gave it the second most points in football last year. They gave it the second most yards. Um, they, they were bottom five in all offensive categories. What's your outlook on this team? Like, I think they're going to be bad. Yeah, they're still not going to be very good, if I'm going to be honest. You know, they I do feel like they're kind of in the step in the right direction in terms of, you know, getting their quarterback. This is going to be their franchise quarterback for a while. And, um, you know, that that's great. But beyond that, like, I, I really don't understand why I'd go after a running back when you – that was, like you said, Steve, the only good – Thing about your team the entire year and yeah and it's not like you know you could have won receiver but also like your defense sucks like you yeah. could have drafted a defender that's what i would have addressed defense was the big like probably the biggest downer there in jacksonville and they really didn't address it that much i, I i'm at a loss here and you know <laughs> 
going going up against the Rams offense, this is not going to be a pretty game for them. Let, let's put it that way. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, I, I got the Rams winning 31-17. I think it's going to be a not great game. I mean, they're – I'm excited to watch this game. I think Jacksonville is going to be a really interesting team to talk about. Um, we don't need to do the Tim Tebow thing as, as much as you know I want to. <laughs> they did did I send you that meme, by the way? Yeah, yeah, you did. I for, I couldn't remember if I sent that to you. I'm like, I gotta send Steve Steve this meme. Do you uh, think? Th- here's a question. Do you think Tim Tebow is on the roster for this game, Week 13? I mean, I I feel like that that he will be. I think just, he will be too. Just so I kind of feel like he he's like he's like on the roster just to piss people off. Like I, I really believe that. I don't I don't. I think that um he's on the roster because Urban Meyer is his like fucking Urban Meyer is the man his life. You know? Yep. Like, um we'll see. I'm I'm not I I, I w- am not like super confident he's on the team in week thirteen. I definitely think he could get cut at the end of camp. I definitely think he could be in the first wave of cuts during camp. But like, I don't know why he waited this long to do this, Tim Tebow. He probably would have been in the NFL. Like, somebody would have given him a chance to play tight end. Um, it's been nine years since he was on a regular season roster. So, maybe I mean, he played baseball, but maybe his body's in good shape. I mean, he's old. He's going to be 34 at the start of the season, but he is a physical fucking freak. Like... I, I, I'm sure his body's in a lot better shape than the average NFL player at 34, but also, like, I don't imagine he's going to be a productive tight end. He'll probably just be, like, a gadget player if he's there. Uh, look, You're looking at Taysom Hill 2.0. That's that's what you're looking at. He should have done this years ago, man. I don't know why he didn't. I, I, I think he had his heart set on being a quarterback, and when he figured out he couldn't be a quarterback – he he went to baseball and really didn't do much in baseball, but yeah, I I'm not looking forward to seeing all the coverage that happens. Like I, I can just picture the first catch that this guy gets, it, it's going to be all over ESPN. Oh, dude, I'm buying the NFT. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, hey, you do have his jersey after all. I absolutely do. I, I've been debating on buying a Jags from Tebow jersey for a while, too. I haven't Please done do. it yet. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. At least a jersey. Oh, man. Uh, I'm assuming you got but, the Rams winning this game. I, I have them whipping their ass with 45 to 10. I, I just I can't imagine a universe where they score more than 10 points. Especially when you got guys like Jalen Ramsey you're gonna be covering any of their receivers really. So uh yeah. That there's I, I like Trevor Lawrence, but he ain't got much to work with. And uh yeah, forty five ten. You know though, I think for a lot of the bad teams in the NFL, I think they have a better chance of being decent than a lot of the teams we talked about. And I don't I don't think they will, but like I think if I had to bet on who would have the best season between the Lions, Texans, and Jags, I'd bet on the Jags. And I don't I care. Do. I get. I don't care if Deshaun Watson plays because that team sucks. Um, <laughs> so do the Jags. But new quarterback, new coach. Like you never know. Like Urban Meyer could strike magic. I, I'm not a believer in him at the NFL, but you never know. And then there's Tim Tebow, man. He's yeah. a winner. I, I <laughs> he's a gamer, baller, playmaker. Um, I would be shocked if Jacksonville had a winning season. I wouldn't be shocked if they went like seven and whatever the new number is, seven and ten, eight and nine. Wouldn't floor me. Um, but like if they win like ten games, I'd be absolutely shocked. I don't yeah, know. same. They're an interesting team. So after thirteen weeks, you got the ring. We both. You got the Rams, uh, or I guess we both have the Rams nine and three, right? Yes, sir. That'd be great. That'd be really fucking great. Um, these are a lot of tough games. 
Yeah, I, I'd be really psyched to see that the Rams be at nine and three at this point of the season, and uh, it, it's interesting. I, I I'm curious to see like if we would change our minds about any of the opponents we had previously if we had known Cam Akers was out for the season. I don't think I would have. Um, it's a tough loss. He's going to be a big part of this offense, but. I don't know. I think the team's still going to be good. I think they're going to weather the storm. I believe in Daryl Henderson. If they could keep him healthy, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's that much of a downgrade from Cam Akers. I still think that they need to sign somebody else. But I agree. That's just me. But it doesn't seem like they're going to. Um, I mean, I, I, I ultimately think they will, but I think they're going to wait. I think they're going to see what they got in camp. I just, like, I. how can you go and you – can you really be that big of a believer in Xavier Jones and Jake Funk right now? Like today? I don't know like you gotta, how you are. Steve, you just got to get funky. <laughs> I think you got to go with that. I, 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 do, I do like Xavier Jones from what I saw in training camp last year, but I, do I think he can be a nice complimentary back right now? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably. I think they sign Adrian Peterson in two weeks. That's my my bold prediction. Uh, I'm hoping they sign Todd Gurley in a few weeks. I I don't think they're going to. Nah, I don't I think, think so either. Yeah. Well, last thing to wrap it up: the Mata Rangers are starting to come out. The Rams had two ninety nines. Um, you know, growing up, Johnny, I played with the Rams, and we never had any good players. So this is great with two ninety nines, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Though one year I did make Sam Bradford and Taylor Austin ninety nines in my season just by dominating the computer, but that didn't pan out. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's awesome to see two ninety nines. Both deserve it. Jalen Ramsey is a real interesting one. The only other ninety nines announced right now are Devonte Adams and Travis Kelsey. I'm sure there'll be a couple more. But hey. Good, good for Jalen. How you feeling? You know, I I was a little surprised that he was a ninety nine. Um, not that he doesn't deserve it, but because I I don't think that uh, I didn't. Well, I didn't think that people, you know, ranked him as high as that we typically do. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that that's starting to change. I mean, last year he dominated, and I, I think he's certainly worthy of the ninety nine. Um, but uh, yeah, real surprised and real happy that he that he got the ninety nine ranking, and I'd say it's well deserved. I agree, I agree for sure. Good for him. Um, who do you think is going to be the third highest player to player on the team? It's a good question, huh? That is a good question. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, Cooper Cup. I'm going to say Andrew Whitworth. Big Wit, not a bad. I mean. Personally, that's what I feel who's the third best player on the team. But from a Madden perspective, I, I went with uh, Cooper Cup just because uh, there's a lot of love for him out there. Not uh, not undeservingly or anything, just a lot of people really like Cooper Cup. I'm going to bet on a 71 for John Wolford. John, John Wolford, a 71. Uh, I I think he's going to surprise some people and be uh, 75. Here's a good question. Last question of the show because we've been going a while. (laughs) What is Jared Goff's rating? That's tough. 82? Uh, I'm going to go 76. Damn. I think I'm going high, to be honest. Are you really? I to be honest with you, I haven't owned a Madden game in like yeah, me neither. Like like but a I, decade or two. I think they make they've balanced the ratings out more, so like it's not like every starter is over an eighty anymore. Like oh, I, I think okay. I think it, I think the rating system is a little more balanced, and I think uh, at least the last time I played it, this granted this was a while ago. So yeah, I'm gonna go seventy six. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna be interested, and uh, we'll probably definitely bring this up when it, when it happens. I'm a, I think Tebow's gonna be a 58. 
Okay. I think we can wrap it up there. <laughs> you got you got any last thoughts? Uh just go Dodgers, go Lakers. We we all know that, that both are gonna bring home some gold, so uh yeah. And then of course go Rams. Was told that the Sixers were gonna make a trade a certain player on the team today. And that did not happen. It did not. And uh, uh, I don't blame them for for well the the Warriors for not doing that trade. It truly, like um, it was a preposterous offer for the Sixers, but also like it, 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 nobody would have won the trade. They, they would have gotten two guys that don't fit the team at all. Um, and Wiseman <laughs> and Wiggins. But anyways, nobody cares about this. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Superbarrow at Johnny Five Not Six at Talk Rams. We'll be back with the last. Five games of the regular season, and then from there, it's real football talk. We'll see you soon. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.